welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Pirkei Avot, the ethics of the father, fathers with the Mishnah uh, chapter 2, Mishnah 14. And if we remember last week we were discussing Mishnah number 13 in which, uh, in which Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Yohanan ben Sakai said to his five disciples to go out and discern which is the good path to which a man should cling, to see what are good midos, what are good character traits that people have. And, uh, and uh, each one of them gave him their opinion and this week he goes and he tells them again, the same five disciples, he says to them, go out and discern which is the evil path from which a man should distance himself. And Rabbi Elazar says, an evil eye. And when he asked him, what is the good midot? He said, a good eye, if you remember. Then Rabbi Yehoshua says, a wicked friend. And before he said, a good friend. Rabbi Yosef says, a wicked neighbor. And last week we, we learned about a good neighbor. And Rabbi Shimon says, one who borrows and does not repay. And last week he said, someone who borrows and goes and repays. is a good neighbor. And one who, uh, one who borrows from a man is like one who borrows from the omnip omnipresent, as it said. The wicked one borrows and does not repay. But the righteous one is gracious and he gives. And Rabbi Elazar says, a wicked heart. If you remember the last one last week was a good heart. So a wicked heart, he, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai, said to him, I prefer the words of Elazar ben Arak to your words, for your words are included in his words. And um, so here we see that all these Mishnas are interconnected. They're like really one big Mishnah, which was divided in, in, in four. So here Rabbi Elazar says an evil eye. And what this means is that when a person has an evil eye, and it's interesting because everything connects, like the month of Tevet, we are, uh, the letter of the month is the Ein, which means eye. And we're correcting the evil eye to a good eye, to a tov eye, because the word Tevet is, also comes from the word tov, which means good. So the importance of how we see things, how we look at them, we have really to train ourselves to look ev at everything with a good eye at people, at situations, everything with a good eye. When we go with a bad eye and we see negativity in everything, this is not good. And especially when we look at people with an evil eye, really this generates feelings of jealousy, of envy, of, 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 of anger, and it's not good, it's, it's a poison. So here says that hatred, and it brings you to hatred and countless other transgressions. Then Rabbi Yehoshua says a wicked friend and we remember a good friend is a good friend is someone that gives good advice. So here what he's saying is that a wicked friend is someone that gives you bad advice. Someone that really doesn't have your, your best interests at heart. A good friend is someone that really is thinking about you. What is the best thing for you? Not for them, for you. So he certainly has an evil eye and as well. A person that doesn't good, give good advice to a friend, someone that is jealous of him. So even of Rabbi Yohanan's students suggest a different character uh, flaw to avoid. Each trait is progressively worse and each previous trait is encompassing the succeeding one. So we see here that, uh, <clears throat> that an evil eye really brings up an evil friend. One brings the other. And then Rabbi Yosef says, a wicked neighbor. And if you remember, 
the good neighbor is, is higher than, than a, a, a good eye and a good friend because a good neighbor is someone that goes into action. The eye is something passive, it's something that you're looking at. The speech is the second one and this one is action. And action is higher than thought, speech and action. And here we see that a good neighbor, because you do action with him, he, he needs a favor, he needs an egg, he needs sugar, you lend it to them, you, you open your house to help them. A wicked neighbor is someone that will close his door on you and will call the police every time you make a party and will always be in your case. So this is even worse. And Rabbi Shimon says, one who borrows and does not repay. So this is very bad. Really, this comes to be very bad because such a person, when you are helped by someone, the normal thing is that you reciprocate with kindness towards that person. It's called hakaras hatov, it's gratitude. This is a very important midot. But a person that someone does something kind to them, lends them money, hosts them in their home, helps them financially, does something for them, helps them out. And the other person, when it's time to pay back, he pays with, uh, with not good things. He never does anything good for that person. In reality, he's a very ungrateful person and he's not a good person. So here we see that it's an evil. He causes a financial loss to the person who helped him. If you help someone financially to get back on their feet and, and, and they, instead of using that money to go and work and do things and they use it for other things and they never did what was intended for, this will end up not being good. So although it is not immediately obvious, this advice is indeed the opposite of, a, of the good quality, one who considers the outcome of a deed. And one who borrows and does not repay is willing to appropriate evil even though this, clo this closes of an avenue of help that he may require at a later date. And in addi addition, such a person will demonstrate the other evil traits, a quick, wicked neighbor, a wicked friend, and an evil eye. And then, um, and then he comes to, the, to a bad heart. A bad heart is someone that is, imagine, it's a person that doesn't give anything, has no compassion for anybody, doesn't feel anything for anybody, is, is completely, that it's the worst of the worst. Nothing good can come from this. So here, the Maharal of Prague is, uh, he says that these Mishnayos are an anatomy lesson about the five elements of the soul. And each one of Rabban Yohanan Ben Sakai's five students demonstrated a particular strength. And in one of these five spiritual limbs, and it is that strength which Rabbi Yohanan praises. So what he's praising is that part of the soul that that student is connected to. And these five parts are the five parts of the human soul. So the nefesh, the ruach, the neshama, the haya, and the yehida. He calls him in different names because this is the, the Hasidut approach. But the Maharal of Prague was not a Hasidic rabbi. So he calls them in a very different way. He calls them nefesh. Nefesh, which is the spirit, the support for spirit. He calls the Seichel, which is the intellect, the support for intellect, and the Lev, which is the heart. So from the five parts of our Hasidic approach, the Nefesh is the, is the spirit, is the, 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 like the animalistic part of the soul, the one that survives. Then you have the intellectual part of the soul, the emotional part of the soul, then you have the lifeline of the soul, and then you have the oneness with Hashem. But it, different 
worthy, but at the end they mean the same thing. So it says here that uh, that Rabbi Elazar ben Hirkanos is, is like a cemented cistern that loses not one drop, and he's connected to the nefesh, to the to the to the intellectual, to the to the survival mode, to the I forgot the word, the instinctive mode. So this one is connected to memory. The memory is is, is part of the nefesh. And indeed, it's the best of the nefesh functions, it's memory, because it is essential to acquire wisdom. If you don't have good memory, you can't remember what I'm teaching you today. Like you're going to watch the class and you're going to go away and you didn't retain anything you, you heard. So it's terrible not to have memory. So when you're learning, you need to put to work that muscle and to remember at least one concept of what you learned to be able to implement it into your life and in that way you start acquiring wisdom. So he says here that the nephes is, uh, is what gives them motivation for memory and, uh, and, and can be of a physical origin or a spiritual origin or a mixture of both. And uh, he says that Rabbi Lazarus' perfect memory suggests that it was based on the spiritual component, spiritual nephesh. However, the proof that his special memory was spiritual and not physical was because of the fine qualities in his character, because the way he behaved in life, the way he had dead headed, he had good behavior. And this is what makes us understand that his memory came from a spiritual source and that's why he was praised as a cemented cistern that loses not one drop. He wouldn't lose a beat. Then Rabbi Yehoshua ben Hanania was praiseworthy, eh, she who bore him. So he says, it says here, this is the refined physical nature, as we will now explain. So since our will to do something actually resu results in action, it is clear that the nefesh is ultimately linked to the body. We know it's linked to the body, it's inside of the body. So Rabbi Yehoshua praise is, is phrased as praiseworthy she, bore, she who bore him because his ex exemplary quality really came from his mother. The mother was the one that instilled in him all this uh, knowledge, all these values, the morale, all the way, the way he was. But really he has, um, he has his own uh, strength because he was able to continue it and live up to what he was taught. So family characteristics are passed on from, from, one, from the mother to the child and, and physical qualities are primarily derived from the mother. So, the, so we see here how important it is to nourish our children, to teach them well, to give them good examples in our lives. The example of the house is the best teacher of all. It's not so much what you say, it's what you show them. So therefore Rabbi Yohanan alluded to Rabbi Yehoshua's refined physical nature by pointing out that his special quality was inherited from his mother. So now it talks about Rabbi Yosef HaKohen is a scrupulous, pious person. This is how he's compared. And Rabbi Yosef HaKohen is praised for being scrupulous, pious, which means he goes beyond the letter of the law. He goes beyond the demands of, the, of his duties to help other people. You know, there's people who help others because it's, it's in the way. Like your friend calls you, oh, I can't get to school to pick up my kids, can you bring them home? And she really is your next door neighbor. Really, how can you say no? It's not, you're not even making an effort. It's, this is the minimum. 
But if a friend calls you and she tells you, oh, I can't get to school, I'm in a traffic jam and I'll be very late, can you get my children and take them home, please? And her house is half an hour away from your house. You're really going be beyond the, the letter of the law. This is what pious, this pious uh, character trait of Rabbi Yosef HaKohen really means. And, uh, and we see that this character trait is expressed in his seichel, in his intellect. Therefore, the praise of pious conveys the Rabbi Yosef special qualities, the element that links the seichel to the action. So one thing is what you have in your mind, and one thing is what you go out and do. You can think this, I need to do this, and but you never get to do it. How many times, first of January, we're saying, okay, I have to lose weight, I have to get fit, I have to go to the gym, I'm gonna get a subscription. This is the first thing I'm gonna do. And you go and you buy it, you go once to the gym, twice to the gym, that's the end of it. All of us, why? Because we don't have that, that motivation, we don't continue. Then this is what Rabbi Yosef HaKohen was, was so scrupulous about because he always went through it. And, the, and, and we see here that the quality is the element that links the sehel to the action. That link is yet more refined than the link between the nefesh and the action indeed. So it's that link. It's that you hear in your intellect, you know what you have to do, but to go and do it, and it's the link what is important, and that's the will, is to will it, to really go and do it. So Rabbi Shimon ben Nesalnel fears sin, and Rabbi Yohanan ben Sakai praised Rabbi Shimon ben Nesalnel as one who fears sin, alluding to his clear, fine, and pure intellect. A man distinguished by his high degree of insight and discernment, that is the domain of Sehel, can come very close to God. So what really is important about Rabbi Shimon ben Nesalnel is that purity of intellect that he had. It was not tainted, it had no other intentions, it was pure, it was only for Hashem. And as a result, he's greatly moved by God and fearful of Him. He has Yira Hashem. He has a love of God and a fear of God. And this is two very important qualities. In the Tanya, they're expressed as the wings of the mitzvah. You need to have fear and, and, and love. If not, whatever you do is not gonna go up. So wisdom and the fear of heaven are so inex in, in, inextricably bound together that one is not found without the other. If you don't have both of them, you're like half, half of whatever. So this fact will be explained in the commentary to the Mishnah. If there is no wisdom, there is no fear of God. If there is no fear of God, there is no wisdom. And then we come to Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. It's like a spring flower flowing stronger and stronger. And this is in reference to the heart, to the love, to the emotions, and the element from which all other qualities flow. So our emotions are very important. We need to nurture our emotions, but we have to always have the right emotion for the right situation. That's the genius. The Alter Rebbe used to say that Tanya teaches a person to think with the heart and to, and to, and to think with the heart and to feel with the, with the brain. That's what we have to learn to do. What is appropriate? What is the right feeling for the right situation? Sometimes people get out of, 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 of the place. They start feeling things that shouldn't, they shouldn't be feeling. And it comes from insecurity. Oh, she looked at me, she didn't look at me, she didn't say hi. And they start feeling, oh, I think she's upset at me. And they start getting all these emotions that are, have nothing to do with reality. So okay, she didn't see me. Okay, I'm gonna go and say hi to her. What's wrong with her? Maybe she, she didn't have a good day. 
You know, it has nothing to do with you. So this is the quality of Rabbi Elazar Benara. And a spring flowing stronger and stronger implies that he embraces all the wisdom and laudable qualities of the other disciples as well. So he's not only thinking about what he knows, he's learning from everybody else. And this is wisdom. Who is wise? The one who learns from everybody. So the spring is a metaphor for the spiritual source of intellect and of all the spiritual faculties that thrive and grow. Everything that grows, that becomes more. You know, a spring of water will never stop giving you water. It will always flow. So Rabbi Elazar ben Arach was in complete possession of the root and the power source of intellect. As a result, he continuously increased his wisdom as a spring that flows forth and continuously increasing the supply of water. And, and here it says, if all the sages of Israel were one on one pan of a balance scale and Elazar ben Hircanos were on the other pan, he would outweigh them all. So here Rabbi Elazar was not much different from the other sages. He was as good as all of them and they were all as good as him. The reason Rabbi Yohanan believed that Rabbi Elazar would outweigh the other sages was that his power of retention was not a natural phenomenon. So the way he learned and the way he retained his information really came from God. It was not natural. It was supra-rational. So rather it was due to the unique strength of his nefesh. His nefesh, his, his instinctive part was very strong. It's, we call it intuition, let's say. So he would outweigh them all because a quality that transcends nature outweighs everything that operates in the natural way of, of the world. And then, um, and then uh, <clears throat> we finish here. And uh, I hope this, these lessons are helping you, are helping you become a better you, uh, reveal the true you, the true person you are. And I wish you a good week, a happy week, a healthy week, a blessed week and live a little higher. Thank you.